you're listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about all things faith, life, adulting, relationships, your finances, your life as a young adult. I'm Josiah Keneally. Okay, I'm Mike Keneally. And welcome. Happy Friday, everybody. We have a cup of coffee. We're warming things up here. And some of you are asking some amazing questions. Actually, all of you are asking amazing questions. So Josiah, we have somebody unpacking a fun question for us or asking us to do that today. What is that question? Here's Maya. It's Maya, and my question would be how to evangelize on an everyday basis. Maya asked us how to evangelize or share her faith. How do we share our faith on a daily basis? Love this question. We're going to dive in right away. But just a reminder, you can submit your questions via Instagram at the FYI podcast, FYI podcast. You can also email us through our website www.fyi-podcast.com. And of course, we're so grateful for you subscribing, leaving us a rating, review, and sharing this episode with maybe one of your friends who wants to grow in evangelism and sharing their faith, following Jesus as a young adult. That's right. It's never dull. It's never boring, right? And I love Maya's question. I think where we could start Mm -hmm. is with this verse of the day. Yeah. So the verse of the day is Luke 4, 18. And it said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. That is so good. There's just peace with that. Seriously. And this is Luke 4, red letters. So it's Jesus. But if you notice Luke 4, 18 in the next few verses, Jesus is handed in the temple. He's teaching. Mm -hmm. He's handed the scroll, which is, I've been to um, where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls in the Qumran community. And on display there, you can't even take pictures because the light from your cell phone can ruin the scroll, but they have the complete scroll of Isaiah. And it's literally on display in like a sphere or a cylinder, I guess. And and you literally can read um, in Hebrew, if you know Hebrew, or you can see what uh, an early manuscript of the scroll of Isaiah, Jesus quotes Isaiah, I think more than any Mm -hmm. other prophet. Mm -hmm. And then this is prophecy that Isaiah is basically writing that God's telling him that there's going to come somebody who God rests his spirit on who's anointed to preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, that Mm -hmm. there's freedom for the prisoners and there's comfort for those who mourn that this is the year of the Lord's favor. What's crazy about this verse is that Jesus says today, you've heard this and you've seen this prophecy fulfilled. He's saying he is the Messiah. He is the son of God. That's the gospel message is that the whole Bible points to prophecy and the law. Like one is coming. He's the Messiah. And then Jesus stands up in Luke four and he's like, it's me. It's me. (laughs) And then the, the gospels are like, this is the Messiah. He has sent messengers like the apostles. So the book of acts is Mm -hmm. like, these are the acts of the apostles, the eyewitness accounts of the followers of Jesus and then the new Testament leading up to the book of revelation is like, this is instructions for new Testament Christian living. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going to unfold in the future through revelation. And so all that to say is we 
have a calling in Jesus lasts words can be our first priority and how he wrapped up his time here on earth. He said, go therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. What we, Mike and I were just in Florida last week, mm-hmm. we realized and heard about a need that 42% of the people on planet earth, 7,000 unreached people groups, 42% of the world has no access to the gospel and we have hope. Right. So our calling is to make Jesus last words, our first priority. Right. Right. So how do we do it? How do we not just event-based, right? not just programs, but on a personal level, live out our relationship with Jesus and tell neighbors, friends, coworkers, mm-hmm. family members about the hope that we have in Jesus, that Jesus mm-hmm. does for us on the cross in the yep. death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. He does the work for us that we can never do for ourselves. Jesus came, Greg Laurie says, to pay a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we did not, that we could not pay. pay, So how do we do it, babe? I think number one is we need to take our relationship with Jesus seriously. Number one, to know that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've accepted the challenge of Matthew 28, going into all the nations. Like you maybe unknowingly said that, like said yes to that, but that's one of the mandates. That's one of the expectations. That's one of the guidelines that God has given us. And the biggest testimony that we can live on this earth is our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ is walking that out every single day. Meaning we need to be consistent. We need to have um, confidence and it needs to be congruent to the word of God. So I think number two is getting into the word of God. Yeah. Take your relationship with Jesus seriously as an individual. If you want to impact those around you, number two, get into the word of God so you can understand the will of God. So when you start reading the word of God, I've always recognized my confidence is boosted, not in me at myself, but my ability to share the gospel, to share evangelism, to say, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? Because my faith is being strengthened and challenged every day through the words, through the red letters, through the word, through the words of um, whether it's a prophecies of Isaiah or it's the words of Jesus or anything in the Bible, like they are inspiring. They are encouraging. They set a fire deep down in your soul that you literally like the, like the song goes, like, I can't contain and I can't control. Well, you can control some of it, right? You, you want to be tamed in that area. And you want to be like, there are 42, you know, percent of the world going to hell. There's 7,000 unreached people groups. We need to do something about it. My neighbor in my backyard does not know Jesus. My neighbors next door do not know Jesus. Can I be the light to them? And I think when you do those first two things, take your relationship with Jesus seriously and you start living out the word of God by being in the word of God, your ability to stay consistent and for people to view you, to see you, to study you, to observe your behavior that's not like the rest of the world, they automatically lean in or they wonder what is different about you. One of the two is going to happen. So from the language we see, um, from the things that we watch, the things that we see, to how we engage with each other, how we are called to love one another, how we love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, or how we love the stranger um, who's never experienced the love. So I think that's so good right there. And as for Josiah and myself, in our lives, this takes, you know, 
intentionality since we first met it takes in it takes intentionality at churches at speaking conferences um and when we proclaim the gospel from the stage i want to have it written on my heart i want to have it written on my heart to know like i can come up on the stage and say okay lord here i am send me holy spirit speak to me so when we are proclaiming the good news of the gospel I want to, we both want to be the same person you ever see on the stage, who you hear on this microphone, who you watch on YouTube, you see us in the grocery store or in our home or with our children. Like it starts with all that. So, and I would add to like, we do lead a ministry where we preach the gospel at events, right. like I mentioned camps or conferences or churches or young adult events, both our own and others that mm-hmm. we get to serve and support. But I think the challenge that honestly where I would take this in addition to what she just said of our walk matching our talk, we want to live out our faith. But here's the thing. I never want to become the professional pastor Mm, and I never want to get paid to like do something as a job. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and like realized that I haven't been sharing my faith on a personal level in my day-to-day relationships. And that is a challenge when you've worked at a church or lead a ministry, because it's really easy to get insulated and isolated and surrounded by primarily Christians. And I have a story and a testimony that a lot of the people that I went to high school with gave their life to Christ. They're walking with him. Some of the people that I thought would not follow Jesus, it was praying impossible Mm -hmm. prayers. They've given their life to Jesus. And so, but I, I know that I'm called to be a witness. Mm -hmm. Acts 1, 8 says, but you will receive power when my spirit comes on you, the spirit that Jesus talks about the Mm -hmm. Holy spirit, and you will have power to be a witness, to share Jesus to, to share the gospel, to, right. to be, so I, I don't want to just share Jesus from a stage only and not right. on the sidewalk or right. not over coffee. And so I think it's intentionally finding people who don't know God and asking God, Lord, would you, so here, here's three practical steps. Ooh, here we go. Okay. I'm ready. First is number one, I am committed to, and I would love to challenge you as well. Number one is who are my five friends that while it's still 2022, I'm praying for their salvation. Yes. I'm inviting them to coffee. I'm inviting them to church. I'm going to be relentless in my love and pursuit of them and pray for opportunities to share my faith with them. Yeah, I think Young Life does this, the five thing. And yep. I don't know if we took this from them or we adopted it ourselves along the way, but it's five and it's keeping five, keep five alive. Yep. So you're pay, praying for five unbelieving friends for their salvation. And you guys get to be a light and hopefully you get to, you know, see them join you and join Christ in that process of your friendship. So second one, super practical, but what if we all committed? I'm committed. And I'd love to invite Micah, you, the other listeners to commit this week to having at least one gospel conversation. Mm, And we need to, as Christ followers, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We need to expect Mm. the unexpected. We need to be ready. Scripture teaches to give a reason for the hope that we have. And so the Mm -hmm. third practical thing is prepare in advance. Practice sharing your story. Preach the gospel to yourself and be ready. So what that looks like for me is I could ask a friend of mine, hey, what's the greatest thing? This is somebody I already have relational equity with. Because I love the saying that first we talk to God about our friends 
before we talk to our friends about God. That's good. I never heard that. And so, but this, this third thing is like, Hey, what's, it's called the two minute witness or the one minute witness. Hey, what's the greatest thing? Like, what's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you? And then they say like, I want an Xbox or whatever. I went on vacation, got married, whatever it is, life highlight. You know what the greatest, and then they usually will ask you, what about you? Or if they don't ask you, you can ask, would it be, yep. (laughs) Would it be all right if I share with you? And then you can, that's an inroad. Right. through relationship to sharing the gospel. Yeah. So I think we overcomplicate it, mm-hmm. but exercising that muscle. Yeah. And I just want to encourage the person who's listening that maybe you're not isolated. Like we can become isolated as leaders or pastors where we feel like we're only around Christians or only around believers. Cause sometimes that can happen where you're on staff and everybody's a believer, right? Yep. Uh, maybe you're in a classroom and you feel like you're the only Christian. And I just want to challenge you when you grow in confidence and relationship with Jesus, your ability to walk out your faith becomes easier, even against the cultural norms, even against the cultural currents, even against the criticism, yeah. even against, oh, you're a Jesus follower kind of mentality, because we've had, we've come across some of those people that we love, but when life happened, they're like, I know you're a praying person. Will you pray for me? I didn't know you believed in prayer. Well, I know God answers your prayers. So like, there's this weird gate and door that can be open when we're willing to share our faith. And I just want to challenge a person because it's, it can be easy to do this. And I've heard a lot of negative things when it comes to Christians sharing their faith. We don't want to be confrontational Christians who are trying to prove that God exists and that people like kind of like the Turner burn mentality. Like if you don't accept Jesus, then this, or they try to disprove you. And then you just get in a hot heated debate where nobody wins. And and I think that just saddens God's heart. He's just saying, I didn't call you to, you know, cause frustration or chaos or, you know, annoy this person's spirit. I just asked you to love them where they're at and just open up a door of conversation. So I would just start praying alongside you and for you. And I would encourage you to start praying for yourself. Lord, Give me divine revelation as well as divine disruptions. Yeah. Meaning like things happen throughout the day where you didn't expect it. Like, oh, I met somebody new in my classroom or I met somebody new in the cube next to me, or I ran to so-and-so like I didn't expect to meet them or can mean, or can feel like an inconvenience. We're like, oh my word, why am I sitting here? Instead of complaining and having a heart of like, why or annoyed, Lord, you've given me an opportunity. What do I have to offer this person? How can I love this person even when they don't know how to receive love? And that is a form of evangelism. It's not just sharing your faith and saying, 10 people accepted Jesus in two to eight, two weeks. Is that amazing? Yes. But what is the follow-up process? Do you have relational equity or are you just like popping prayers and people are responding? Like it's all like relevant in God's kingdom. Don't get me wrong, but it has to do with the condition of our hearts. So be a Christian that's following Christ, but you're also in tune with the needs of the people around you. And that relational equity will just build. And if you become a better question asker, instead of only a storyteller, that's when you gain people's trust and then begin to lean into like, like I have a friend, she's a non-believer. I had really had a heavy heart for her couple weeks ago we just try to be back and forth and I missed several calls and so did she I finally was just like what is going on and she's like it is complete chaos in my life and in our family right now and here's what it is so when I got on the phone with her she's like she told me everything I was going on and I'm like I am so sorry I'm like this is why I feel like I've been reaching out and just like concerned about you and praying for you like and I said that and she's like I think 
the day after everything kind of happened, like you had your spidey senses out. And I'm like, if that's what you want to call them, that's okay for now. But I'm like, it's the Holy Spirit, you know? So to be able to not be like, it's the Holy Spirit living inside me is saying like, I love you too much not to reach out to you. So I'm literally sending her, her and her family a care package so they can have a date night and a family because we married them. And um, they're just going to be celebrating, I think it's three, four or five years already. So it's like, how can I bless them and point them to Christ and not point them to me, but say, hey, I'm available to be your friend. I love you too much to not let you know how much I care. And I think when we start doing that, people recognize like, oh, Mike, because I used to live with her. She was Mike, you've changed. And tell me about your story. So I've shared the gospel with her along the way. She just has told me, I'm not really ready yet. Well, I pray she does get ready because Jesus is a knocking on her heart. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. And a, a great thought to close along with what Micah just said is like, and here's what it is. There's a book called Contagious Faith by Mark Middleberg. And Mark's a friend of ours. Yes. And I was at, we shared at a conference together um, earlier this year. And he has what's called the five um, it, it, contagious faith. It's like sharing your faith as a lifestyle. And he says that there's five approaches to evangelism. So don't just take my approach right. or Micah's approach. There's five different approaches. And the first is friendship building. You might be really good at building relationships. The second is through selfless serving. You might be a behind the scenes mm-hmm. warrior, just like setting the table for others. The third is story sharing. You might have the gift of sharing your story, the story of the gospel and right. other people's stories. That's a great evangelism style. Two more types. One is reason giving. You might be that intellectual engineering type, very methodical thinker. And you're like, I'm going to give you a reason for the hope that I have. And the last is truth telling. Mm-hmm. You might just be fluent in God's word and all of those things. And so I think that that'd be a highly recommended book mm-hmm. and stay tuned. We might just offer an evangelism training. I'll reach out to Mark and see if he's up for offering an evangelism training for college students and young adults. So until next time, Josiah Micah saying talk soon. 